I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Pet Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet. Hello and happy Wednesday. I hope you all are doing well. On this week's full-length interview, we have Mary Beth, owner of Auntie M's Professional Pet Care on. From how she got started to dealing with inclement weather and a really good conversation about running a business with your best friend. I know you guys are going to enjoy this one. So let's dive right in. Yeah, thanks for having me, Colin. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, Like he said, my name is Mary Beth Benton and I'm the owner of Antium Pet Care. We're located in in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Um, We service the greater Asheville area. Um, Our business actually started in a small town of about 10,000 people just east of Asheville called Black Mountain, um, just east of Asheville. It's a great place to live and serve our community. Yeah. Have you always um, had pets in your life? I have. Um, My dad is actually a thoroughbred racehorse trainer. So I grew up. Yeah. It's a very unique childhood. Um, I grew up with a lot of horses more than I can account. Um, we always had a dog or two inside and out. We kind of lived in a rural area. Um, so we had indoor animals and outdoor animals. We always had always had cats, indoor and barn cats and chickens and rabbits and birds, mice, probably some others that I'm not thinking of right now. So <laughs> my life has always, I've always been surrounded by animals throughout my whole life. So I kind of knew from the get-go that I was going to be working with animals. I mm. thought maybe veterinarian, but then I got in college and realized how much effort in the biology and chemistry and calculus that involved. <laughs> so <laughs> re-steered my direction once I was there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I know. My my mom set off to be a vet in, in college, um, but she took it as a sign from the universe that when she couldn't find the building for her first class of getting into veterinary school, she was like, okay, I, don't, I think that's a sign that I don't need to be going down this path. So she, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we all take our signs. Yes. Um, as a kid, I was always around veterinarians, so it was kind of cool to, you know, work side by side with them on the farm. And they always told me, if I wanted to be a veterinarian, I knew how to, I needed to know how to spell veterinarian. So (laughs) that's kind of where I started. Yeah. Yeah. So do do you currently own any pets or have any pets in your home? I do. I actually just have one dog right now. Um, but I've had her since she was eight weeks old and she's 11. Oh my goodness. Um, she's my girl. Her name's Jade. She's a little black dog. She's part of a little black dog club. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but she's a little border collie mix. She's a sweet little thing. She's got short legs, but she can hike like anyone else on the mountains. So yeah, she's a fun one. And I also, um, I'm actually, I have a lot of experience with parrots. Um, Oh really? Yes. Another unique animal that I work with. (laughs) Um, but so I work with a, I'm actually, I'm a part-time vet tech as well. And we see a lot of exotics and I also work a little bit volunteering with a uh, parrot rehoming service and like Mm. rescue. And so I, I foster birds sometimes. Um, so we just had an African gray in our house for a few months before she found her forever home. Unfortunately, I'm sure that that's that's a very underserved need in the pet community um, is birds like that because people get them thinking, oh, it's a nice, simple thing. But it's really not like that's an awful lot of work and and a lot of responsibility that I don't think people really think about in the long term. It really is. They tend to live out their owners. And, you know, we took them from the wild and now having them in our homes, it's kind of like turning them into a whole different animal Mm. and like we're having to learn how to treat them more like their wild beginnings because they're really not domesticated yet Mm. um so there's a lot of learning that people need to go through in order to to care for them appropriately and 
I have all this experience, like past experience working with them that I've really been trying to integrate into my life, no matter what I'm doing. Um, yeah. so they, def- they definitely need the support. So you, you do have quite an extensive background <laughs> in, in this in ongoing vet tech stuff. So how did you yeah. get started with pet sitting and, and pet care? Yeah, it's definitely been a journey. Um, it's kind of a long story because it starts from like day one. Um, but to try to make it a long story short, um, since leaving home for college, I have always taken care of different folks, pets and horses. Like I worked on a horse farm throughout college to make some money. Um, and then I I began building a side hustle through Rover, um, okay. Rover's platform in early 2014. Um, and just to kind of make some extra money, that's why I was working at um, the aviary in Ohio. About three and a half years ago, my husband and I, we kind of decided it was time for us to move out of Ohio. Just some things came to a head in our lives where we, we were feeling like we needed to kind of get out of our comfort zone. So we moved to Western North Carolina by way of a summer in Colorado. Mm. <laughs> and that's, that's where I worked with the Bird Conservancy of the Rockies. Um, and that's when we moved to Black Mountain, part, m- partly to help a good friend of mine that had started her pet sitting business. So she was a solo entrepreneur. She had just started picking up some pet sitting clients. Um, just through working at the vet, she eventually dropped her vet tech job and started just full-time pet sitting. I joined her and me joining the team just helped, you know, provide backup for her clients and allow the business to expand more toward Asheville. And so she really, it's really hard to be a solo, just a one man pet sitting business. So, um, me joining her really took a lot off her plate and also it just like helped the community out. I worked with her for a year and a half or so. We we're actually good friends back from, we went to high school together. And then she um, decided it just owning a pet business wasn't something she wanted to continue with. Um, mm. So she sold me the client list. So since then, which was April 2018 is when she moved out West and that's when I acquired the clients and then started Antium Pet Care. Wow, that's really quite the journey. Quite the journey. Yes. But but all yeah. along, you know, you but what I what I love about that is it was a it was some small steps all along the way, right? It was yeah. it was began working as a side hustle, then moving closer and helping a friend out, um, mm-hmm. and then and then taking full responsibility and and uh, uh, over the entire business. How, how do you think that has helped you? in how you run your business now versus if you would have just dove straight in and and been where you are right now? Yeah, I learned a ton along the way. Doing it as a side hustle in Ohio, we were in Columbus, Ohio. I would, I kind of just took anyone and just felt it out along the way. I boarded dogs in my home. I visited them at their houses. We did, I did some overnight stays at folks' houses did dog walking, took dogs to the dog park. I did a lot and meeting all those different folks with dogs and cats and different pets, you know, you gain experience in different scenarios. Yeah. It's like having a dog in your car or what it's like when, what can come up when you're doing an overnight stay at someone's, someone else's home between the dog, like the pets themselves and the, and the house and what's going on in the owner's life. Just like learned a lot about how to work with people mm. like on a very personal scale. And um, just think all of those things combined really helped me mold what I, how I wanted to run my business if I did have my own pet sitting business. Um, and I think working with my friend, like when I first moved here, I learned a lot about like what it's like to work with a friend (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) because there are some pluses and minuses of that and also like you know working closely with her taught me like how she she really poured a lot of energy in um, building these relationships with the clients we have a very 
tight-knit community in Black Mountain. Mm. And so she became family with them. And I it was cool to see that and then become part of it and then just carry it on. I've really tried to implement that mentality in my team. Like I want people that are reliable and trustworthy and have calmed misdemeanors and all that, but also people that are personable and want to be part of their family. Mm. I think it's really important. Yeah. I, I, could you expound on the working with a friend thing just a little bit? Because I think yeah. some, sometimes that's a, it, it can be the easiest way to get extra help sometimes is to reach out to mm-hmm. immediate friends, but there can be some things that you have to work through. So I'd, I'd love to hear you talk more about that. Yeah. So I kind of just dove right into it when I moved here. We were kind of like, you know, when we moved to Black Mountain, we actually like I was still working for um, my previous boss. So I was like working from home doing some e-commerce stuff. So I had like a little side hustle going. Um, But then the plan was to also do pet sitting with my friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we actually ended up becoming roommates too. So it was a lot, (laughs) Uh, I was, it became too much, um, which kind of was partially led to like, you know, the different experiences I had in pet sitting. I ended ended up doing some like long-term pet care in people's homes, like six months at a time. So we could figure out how to like live on kind of the cheap but also like (laughs) you know be sustainable um but working directly with her it was it can be tough like you have to respect your friendship Mm. and also respect their business Uh, and I did you know everything in my power to be able to do that Mm -hmm. and um crossing friends and business can be uh, it's it can be a sensitive relationship, and I think friendship is like any other relationship, like just as complicated as being in a relationship with your spouse. And uh, I think it's important to, you know, respect everyone's boundaries, mm-hmm. which we did. We did a good job of. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun to be able to go out and like meet new clients with her because we have so much history we're able to like you know really be personable and tell stories about our past together and stuff um and like we would take dogs on hikes together we would take multiple uh, clients dogs out on hikes that we were overnighting with that was kind of part of what we ended up doing Mm. um so that was a ton of fun and we we learned a lot with each other since we're so close we were able to really get deep into like you know, what we're doing with the, you know, with our lives, like while we're out hiking together mm-hmm. um, with these folks. Dogs. So yeah, it is interesting uh, experience. Um, I personally don't, I don't think I want to have a friend that close in my business in the future. Okay. Um, just because I think it's your business is so personable. It's your livelihood. Um, and I think it's good to like, kind of keep a boundary between like your personal friendships and like what your daily grind is because mm-hmm. your daily grind isn't always fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated. It, um, it, it is. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause if it, you like having people around you that you get along with, that you could communicate well with, but those friendship work boundaries, especially if if you're in different positions or roles in the business can really, mm-hmm. you know, can really eat away at that underlying friendship. So yeah, I, you yeah. know, keeping it at arm's distance is is probably the, the best way to make sure everyone, you know, and communicating obviously throughout that yes. entire thing, like you guys did, but it's like, yeah, uh, there's still this, this underlying issue of at some point, either the business or the friendship is going to have to come first in certain situations. Yeah. And that can be a tough, you know, you don't, you don't ever want to be in that situation to make that choice. Right. Yeah. Right. I definitely think um, communication is very important. And I think that's one thing I really took away from us working together that closely um, is that it's so important to have clear expectations um, with everyone that mm-hmm. you work with. Um, 
just communicate, be totally upfront with people and just make sure everyone's on the same page all the time. It's, mm-hmm. there's never enough communication, I think. So I definitely learned a lot from it and, but we had some fun too. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. That's, yeah. You know, that's important too. So, yeah. so what kind of services do you provide currently? Yeah. So we do all in our clients home pet care. Okay. Um, yes. I, I used to do some boarding in my house and it was just a lot. I wanted to enjoy my own dog. So yeah. when I took over the business, I decided that that was, we were going to focus on all in our clients home pet care. And so we provide overnight stays, which are a minimum of 12 hours overnight. And then we do pet sitting visits, which start at 30 minutes. That's our minimum. And then we do dog walks and dog hikes as well. Mm. We also do, yeah, we also do the occasional nail trim and in-home daycare too. That's awesome. So I I like that. I love the idea about the dog hikes. How how did that get started? Is that just something that was just done there or that you thought would be fun to add? Let's see. So my friend had kind of offered a little bit of that. Not necessarily like we weren't doing it at first as a like main service, but we ended up taking them on hikes because we would get permission by the owners beforehand. We're big hikers. Mm. Um, the area we live in is just, it's beautiful. It's a, des- it's a big destination for people. We call it vacation land sometimes because it's just, we live in the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Blue Ridge Parkway is like 20 minutes down the road. And oh, wow. we, you know, we have tons of trails everywhere. And it's just, I just like to immerse myself in nature as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. um, so the hiking kind of, it just, it kind of just went along with like the culture that we're living in. Yeah. And like what we wanted, what we're passionate about. I think it's important to follow what you're passionate about. And I really enjoy taking dogs on hike with me. Um, but also it's really good for them to get out of their normal neighborhood and take in all the smells. Um, I think, you know, that they say that the dog's sense of smell is like the strongest of all of their senses. Mm -hmm. And I really want to, it's my mission to make them as happy as possible while they're in our care, also Mm. as safe as possible. Um, but it's really a cool experience to take a dog on their first hike. Like it's one of the coolest things because they, they just take it all in. Like, you know, it's, it's just cool to see them experience that for the first time and see, like see and hear and smell all the different things that are happening in nature. It's really, and they're just really tired at the end. And it's, it's, like very satisfying for everyone. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sure that's pretty cool to see their reaction whenever they get out there on the trail for that first time or first couple yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. Yeah. One of the, um, one of our clients that requests the most hikes is actually the smallest dog. That oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. She's a little Chihuahua Terrier mix. Um, oh. her name is Bella. And uh, she loves it. She loves Jade. So we we go on a hike at least once a month together. Oh, that's super sweet. Yeah. (laughs) That's wolf at heart, as always. Yes. (laughs) No matter the size. Yes. (laughs) Sounds like you guys are really busy and you're probably not doing this by yourself. So uh, could you tell us us about your team? and and, um, Yeah. 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 So we've been growing over the last year and a half. And so now there are around 10 of us. Um, we had, we did bring on a couple uh, extra people over the holidays to help out with coverage. Um, but basically we're kind of becoming the local independent small business version of Rover. Everyone's an independent contractor. Um, and we hire pet sitters that just have a good amount of prior pet sitting experience Hmm. along with if they don't have a ton of pet sitting experience, they like half the team are vet techs. Um, Cause I'm well involved in that community mm-hmm. where they've worked at pet, at doggy daycares in the past or groomers, et cetera. And one requirement I really look for is um, just good communication skills. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so important for us to be clear with each other 
um, and the clients. And so, um, yeah, they all each have their own very unique experience prior to coming to us. Um, some of them have kind of run their own pet sitting business on the side and just want more business when I do it more full time. Oh, wow. And, yeah, we, you know, my business, I provide the support, the business side for them. Um, which is very, a lot of people that are in pet sitting and do pet sitting on the side, they um, don't think they are interested in running a business necessarily, (laughs) but it kind of comes, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it comes hand in hand. So I really want to kind of solve the problem of not having enough resources as a pet sitter and being able to provide them with that Mm -hmm. um, and help them think about the things that they should be thinking about like having insurance. We provide insurance, business liability insurance and bonding for all of our sitters on the team. Okay. That's yeah. huge. You're, you're right in that a lot of us, we wake up one day and we own a pet business is, is effectively mm-hmm. what happens because we just yeah. love taking care of animals. And then all, there's all these little things that come, come with that is the, the bonding, the insurance, um, the being registered, the meeting all of the, the laws mm-hmm. and regulations in your area. and yeah. A lot of us like that's just ugh, we don't want to deal with it, but it's kind of the necessary evil when you start getting yeah. into it for sure. So that's I I like how you you phrase that of of you you are providing and, and and covering those um to continue to add service to the area. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely my mission really is to like in terms of the team is to make sure that we always have someone available for our clients, that they're not going to have to go and find another pet sitter because we're not available. We get a lot of our business because of that, actually. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, probably at least like a quarter of our business is, hey, my pet sitter is not available. Can you help? And then we keep them because we always have someone. Sure. Um, But yeah, and also just providing the business side to the pet sitters that are already pet sitting in the community, it, it supports our clients too. You know, I'm, I'm trying to like make sure that the quality of pet care in our community is at set at a higher standard. So, so how do, how do you work on the quality of care? Um, How do you ensure that everyone's giving the best possible? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess that kind of leads me into telling you about the software we use. You've probably heard of it. It's called Time to Pet. Yeah. I know a lot of other businesses use it. Um, It's a lifesaver, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of other people say that. Um, I wouldn't be able to run my business without it. Um, If it ever disappears, I'm going to have to design my own pet sitting software. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it allows me to keep an eye on updates to the clients and the communication and the completion of jobs. Mm. Like that's kind of where it starts. Um, Also, I provide our sitters with, I kind of curated this checklist of what professional pet care standards are, Mm. all the things that we have to do for each job. Um, So every sitter gets that. And part of completing the job through time to pet is like, hey, did you, there's a check mark, just double checking that they have reviewed that before they complete the job. Um, And we're always updating that as well. Um, And I also go on every meet and greet with the pet sitters, like every single one. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, So I know our clients the best. And sometimes I honestly remember things to tell the sitters that the clients won't remember because <laughs> I've, I've been there so many times and I've, you know, I have a different perspective. I'm the one there when the clients are gone and, mm-hmm. you know, I see what needs to, you know, be covered and taken care of when they're away. So yeah, that's helpful is me going on all the meet and greet with them. Mm. Um, in the future, I think I'd like to, uh, as we grow, have, um, team leaders for different areas that can do the same thing that I'm doing now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we keep our our pet and client profiles up to date in time to pet to make sure that there are as many notes as possible. And they carry that with them when they're out on the job because they time to pet has an app 
I sound like an advertisement for time to time. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, go on. <laughs> yeah, but they, there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of aspects of time to pet that are really helpful. And I've always been told that if you're going to use a software, make sure you use it to its greatest ability. Mm. Um, a lot of businesses only use 20% of the software that they use. Um, and I, so I really do my best to take advantage. If I learn a new, um, thing that they're offering, I try to put it in, you know, in place in the way that we're running our business. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's very customizable to help do that. I, you mentioned something there is when you go on meet and greets, um, mm-hmm. that, that you have a different perspective because you're there when the client's not there. And, and I'm interested about that because sometimes yeah. clients tell you certain things about their pet that don't really happen when you, you, you show up. What are some th- common things that you see that differ between what the client tells you and what is actually happening when, you, when they're not there? Yeah. So I think the, the core of the, the core answer to that is I'm not the homeowner or the pet owner. Mm-hmm. I'm a visitor. And so the visitor has a different perspective of the home and of, and the pets have a different interaction. Like yeah. we just, ha- I have a different action interaction with the pets and their home than they do um, just because I don't live there. Um, so I guess some of the things that could come up are behaviors of the animals when their parents are gone. Mm-hmm. I find that a lot of dogs in particular, um, they don't, they don't act the same around us as they do as their owner. And sometimes that's a really good thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of them have like attachment, you know, they just have this like deep rooted relationship with their owners um, mm-hmm. and certain, certain good and bad behaviors may fall away when we're there. Um, so I can provide that perspective of like what the animal is going to do when we are there and you know and their owner's not there yeah it's definitely a different experience that you have with them um and then just things to keep in mind of about their home that's different than everyone else's home that everyone keeps things in different places and they do things in different ways Mm -hmm. um and it's nice to be able to explain that to them to the sitters while i'm there um, cause the owners don't necessarily think about it like that. I think, um, Oh yeah. Sometimes 100% they don't think, cause yeah. it's just how they live. You're right. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm one of my, um, probably most beneficial skills I have is that I'm, I'm just very observant. Mm. <laughs> and so <laughs> I pick up on a lot of things that, um, that the owners just sometimes don't think about explaining. And I found writing some of those differences down between clients, if, you know, in, in a notes feature or documenting yeah. somewhere else can be really helpful. Where, where mm-hmm. do they keep, keep their towels that they use to clean up stuff? Cause exactly. that's never the same in any house, you know, yeah. those kind of things where you need something really quick, but you don't live there. So, you know, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't make quote unquote logical sense to how you would have something structured. Um, those kind of differences too. Um, I, I like to write, make sure I write down those so that next time I come, I already know. And and you just pick up on those things over time. Obviously if you have repeat business with somebody, but, um, it can be a jump start um, for when you come back the next time. Yeah, definitely. So, um, when we each client has their own profile in our software and so there's like a details tab that's all about them and their house and I include things like where do you keep certain supplies where do you mm-hmm. keep the fire extinguisher where, yeah. do you, where is your um the water shut off valve just like things about their home that yeah they know innately and that you know in an emergency things are there mm-hmm. um to refer to um, we, and we're updating that all the time based mm. on our experiences. Like, okay, we're going to need to know where this is for everyone. Sure. So it's nice to be able to have a spot to put those things and refer to them quickly when you need it. Have you heard about time to pet? 
Doug from Bad to the Bone Pet Care has this to say. Time to Pet has made managing my team and clients so much easier. Our clients love the easy-to-use app and scheduling features, and our sitters love being able to have all of their information organized and easily accessible. My favorite feature is the instant messaging. By keeping conversations on Time to Pet, we are able to monitor our team and ensure nothing ever falls through the cracks. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. You touched on being prepared for emergencies. Is, Is that something you talk a lot about with your team about how to be prepared and do you run through certain scenarios or is that just a, um, having a certain mindset of being prepared at all times? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, the, my big thing that I'm always emphasizing to everyone is clear communication. Do not be afraid to pick up the phone and call me, call the client. If anything is up, Mm. um, that's a big thing that it's just, we're a team for a reason. We're there to back each other up and the clients appreciate your communication They're They know that things are being handled if you're in communication with them. Right. Um, there are scenarios that we go through being in the mountains there. We have our own, um, difficulties at times, <laughs> you know, cause okay. we have, you know, it's different. We have some roads that are really tricky to uh, get up if there's a lot of snow okay, or, or ice. Um, and we've had landslides before, um, oh, wow. we get a lot of flooding in areas. Um, so before those seasons hit, I send out a message to my sitters and I'm like, these are, you know, I explain to them the things that they need to do to be in, be prepared for these scenarios. Make sure that the one thing that's really important is just being um, prepared on your, in terms of your schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, in the winter time, I do my best not to book two out-of-town clients at the same time for one sitter that way if they need to like bunker down at their house they can and they don't have other stays to go and take care of um but yeah oh all in all it's like you know by season we stay in communication about what can come up at that in that season and then also just communicating all the time with them that way it does practice um and it just comes naturally to do mm-hmm. also um we have some sitters that have all-wheel drive that can get up in areas that others may not be able to in case of like bad weather um and then our our clients also have they ha- all have re- emergency contacts and i encourage them all to have someone in their neighborhood that has a key someone that's nearby that if they needed to get to the house um, and that, and we couldn't for any reason that they could. Sure. Cause you can never think of all the types of scenarios at any given moment that you do have to slowly build up of, Oh, I didn't think of that last time. So now I need to implement this. Um, and it is, you're always growing and adding new things to that checklist for sure. But um, yeah. yeah, that, that last one you touched on of, having an emergency contact for the owner in close proximity in the neighborhood is, is huge because if their emergency contact is hours away, well, if you can't get there, neither is that person. So right, you know, you, making right. sure they have a, a very local somebody that else that they can get in touch with. Yeah. And not their spouse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're most likely together. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. So after you work with your team members and um, you're implementing all these things, how do you retain the best ones to keep that, to keep them working with you um, day in and day out? Yeah. So there's a lot of aspects um, to it. Um, Like I've nailed over the head, the communication thing is really important. Um, And just having very clear expectations written out. I find that's just very important in having good relationships with people. Um, And also for me personally, having flexibility and understanding 
when things come up for them mm -hmm. and just accepting them for who they are as a person. I just, I really focus on the relationship between mm. me and the sitters and just making sure that that is, um, I feed that relationship with them. And they really, they really um, respect that, I think. Um, also, besides the relationship part, you know, providing them with consistent work um, and supporting them on the front and back end of the business, providing that business support really mm. attracts them to staying with us. Sure. That's great. Yeah, and we haven't been in business for too long, so I'm always learning what sure. you know what's going to keep them around. And if I've actually already had some sitters that it just doesn't work out for them because of what's going on in the, their life, mm -hmm. um, but they become referral um, magnets. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so, yeah, they're helpful even after they're not on the team. Sure, and I think that's important to remember too: is that you can't, as a business owner, be expected to meet a hundred percent of everybody's needs all the time, including your right. own team members. And sometimes it's just not going to work out whether they have a life change or schedule change or something like that. And so to, to not take that personally, whenever right. somebody ends up leaving is that it's not, you know, things happen and things change that you don't have control over. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and just having boundaries with people keeps like the respect on both ends. Just mm. finding that mutual respect between the two of you. Yeah. And yeah, that helps with the not taking it personally side of things. Cause that can be hard when you're working so closely with people and like, it's your, your business is your baby. You have to really stay keenly aware of your boundaries and mm -hmm. you know, what's going on in people's lives. Cause stuff happens. They come, things come up and, we're all on our different paths. You never know what's le what life's going to bring you. So I know you said you haven't been running with employees for um, for a, that long now. Mm -hmm. um, but but what is it like to run a pet sitting business these days um, with, <laughs> with, every, with everything going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you asked, you sent me that question. I am. Um, like, how should I take this exactly? Um, yeah. <laughs> Challenges, opportunities, you know, yeah. it's all, all tied up in that. But, you know, sometimes I think some, we forget to step back and kind of look at the, the big picture um, mm -hmm. of, of, of it. So, you know, you can take that whatever direction you, you'd like to. Yeah. I'm, you know, but yeah. For me, 2020, I've been thinking about 2020 a lot. I'm like, okay, this year's ending is coming to an end. I had some big goals and growing. Yeah. In 2019, that was the building the team was really important for me and just getting to a certain revenue is important while also like providing high quality care. Um, but for 2020, for us, it's going to be all about fine tuning what every of every aspect of we, what we have going on in the business mm. and just becoming very sustainable. Okay. Um, I want to have sustainability in my life and in the life of the business and for our sitters um so yeah i think we've really stoked up a good fire and just need to keep feeding it that's great yeah so um when you say when you say sustainable um is that mm -hmm. a, a work-life balance kind of sustainable is that um making sure everybody's needs are met kind of sustainable or what does that mean to you when you say that yeah for me it's a little bit of the work-life balance sustainable. I want to, you know, owning a business, it's always changing and there are a lot of opportunities and I've always been one to take my opportunities and run with them and, you know, assess them as they come. Like, how can I make this work in my life? Um, but I've done a lot of that, but I, I want to, I want to be very calculated on how I grow my business so I can continue providing the best care possible for who we're providing service to right now mm. and like who we pick up along the way. Um, I think sustainability in all aspects, honestly, um, in terms of, in terms of having enough business for each sitter on the team and keeping them busy, but also like keeping them happy and mm -hmm. not burn out. Um, the big thing that can happen with caregivers, burnout is a real thing. 
and I see it around me all the time and I feel it in me sometimes. And I, I really want to have balance. No work-life balance thing is, uh, <laughs> a lot of people talk about it. Um, yeah. but it, it can be a hard thing to accomplish. And I really want to just in all aspects of the business work on the sustainability part of every aspect. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. And and I like how that you touched on burnout in that in that discussion because yeah. that that is huge and especially in the pet care industry, it tends to be really it can come on really fast if you're not careful. Um and mm-hmm. so what are some signs for you where you start feeling I may be getting close to an edge at this point? <laughs> if I worked every day, every weekend day of the month. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's something I keep an eye on for myself personally. Um, okay. Pet sitting, you can, people's trips overlap. And we most of our clients, I would say the majority of our clientele is uh, people that are out of town. And mm. so a lot of trips overlap and just regular, they also overlap with regular visits. So if you don't, you're not careful. You can go days, months without having a day off, mm-hmm. like a true day off. Being when someone is being burnt out, you can lose sight of what's really important in the job that you're doing. Um, for me in particular, just like running the business, it, you know, all the aspects of the business are kind of always turning in my head, like, mm. you know, where I need to touch on every day. and making sure everyone's taken care of. And uh, for me, just balancing that with the pet sitting, because I also still pet sit quite Mm. a bit. Um, And making sure that my quality of care is still at the standards that I expect everyone else to have them at. Right. Um, So just, you know, if I'm walking a dog and not really, (laughs) if, you know, if the thought comes across, like, why I'm not thinking about like this dog and like watching it be its behaviors, then I need to like take a closer look at how busy I am. Mm. And also like if, you know, I work part-time at a vet clinic and I work with a lot of vet techs and vet techs go through a lot. It is, Mm. um, it's a tough job where, you know, we're seeing animals for their yearly visits and everything just to as checkups but we also see the worst that an animal will ever go through um and it's that can bring you out fast and it's really important i think to be able to always provide the quality of care that you intend to even though you're going through a lot with the animals you're working with mm-hmm. um and also with their humans, because we have, you know, pretty deep relationships with them too. And I think it's really important to like have boundaries for yourself and like designate some personal time for yourself, plan time off and just block it off the calendar. And you will absolutely not take care of anyone's animals during that time <laughs> um, besides your own. Yeah. And you will enjoy your own and enjoy your time so mm-hmm. you can refuel. Um, it's really important to refuel um, who you are or else you're just, it's important to be happy in what you're doing and provide yourself the space that you need to stay who you are. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it really does. And, and um, yeah, if, if you haven't taken a day off in a long time, that day can feel very weird because you're yeah. so used to just going, going, going and constantly doing and thinking of things. And then to wake up and have nothing on your calendar or schedule for that day can kind of freak you out a little bit until you get into that mode of there are other things I can be doing. I can be investing in myself. I can be investing in my mm-hmm. friends and my family. And I can, as you said, I can recharge. I can, I can start pouring back into myself so that that next day, whenever you get back at it and start working, working it again, there's more of you to be investing in what you're doing at that point. Um, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. It helps you grow as a person being able to have those experiences too. And 
I I think it's important to take more than one day off every now and then too. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I, you know, since building my team, I've, I have a really great team. There are some really awesome ladies I work with that are, they've poured their life and soul into pet sitting and taking care of animals. Um, so I am lucky to be able to like step away, you know, for time that I need for myself and they've got things under control while I'm gone. I still have my phone, <laughs> of course. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really, it's just really important to take time to recharge and to enjoy the other parts of life, you know, because it's not all about working all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. It's important to remember that. Absolutely. So you've talked a little bit about um, Black Mountain. Um, what's yeah. the what's the market like there, and um, what kind of sets it apart from other areas as far as pet care? You think? Yeah, I love my little town. It's such a cool area. Um, so it's fairly small. Um, there are only about ten thousand people in Black Mountain, um, mm-hmm. and we are just east, about twenty minutes east of Asheville, which is around a hundred thousand people. I think it was like 80 when I referred to the records, but I'm sure it's bigger than that. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little mountain town and it's a big travel destination. Um, we have an influx of people in our area um, during the summertime and during leaf season, people come to look at the leaves and there's always mm. more traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but with all that being said, a lot of people move to our area to retire and enjoy the rest of their life in this be- beautiful, magical place. Um, and also there's an influx of younger folks like me and my husband that were like, we just want to live somewhere where we know we will enjoy everything around us. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of people move to that area. Um, and those people that move there tend to love traveling and love dogs in particular. Okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so they tend to go out of town quite a bit, which is nice for us. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, it's a big dog area a lot of people that have dogs and that love them like they're human like they're human babies you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so we get a lot of people that are traveling for work um for work and for just fun so the like i said earlier the majority of our business is they are overnight stays and pet sitting visits um so the bulk of our business does come from overnight stays which is sort of sets us apart from a lot of other areas, I think, okay. because of the types of people that live where we live. But yeah, that's kind of, it's a vacation land and we live in it. So yeah. it's, <laughs> it's always changing. We always have different types of folk here and people are always traveling to other destinations. Sure. How do you market in a place like that? That seems to be kind of this, this, small town but not really because of its proximity to another large town and this big influx of people um throughout the year yeah i mean i think we're a lot like any other business we the majority of our business is word of mouth Mm. um a lot of referrals but it all started um at blue ridge animal hospital which is the vet like the main vet in black mountain um, so we get a lot of referrals from them through the techs that work there. Um, and then referrals from our clients, um, their neighbors, their friends. We also, so since I've been working a little very part-time at a clinic in, in Asheville, we've been getting some business from that, mm. um, just other pet businesses. And we, al- we also are very lucky to have, um, a we have the Asheville Professional Pet Sitting Association oh. in Asheville, and a lot of it's focused to uh, it gears toward people that are focusing on running professional pet businesses. There are standards we have to meet to prove that we have business liability and insurance and bonding and property coverage, um, and just have to meet certain standards that a professional service um meets 
So we have, they have a website that is a directory. So it's sort of like a local professional pet sitter directory. Um, Yeah. And we are able to submit the different zip codes that we can service and like what services we do offer. So we've actually, that's been helpful in growing in Asheville outside of our Black Mountain community. Um, But still our Black Mountain community is still, uh, we still have more people there, more clients there than in Asheville. Mm. It's just such a tight knit community. Um, there's some other ways we, I, um, I have, I'm part of some Facebook groups where we get quite a bit of business and nextdoor.com has been very nice to us. Um, and also some trainers that I've become friends with in the area refer us quite a bit of business. That's really nice that you have such that network of referrals and word of mouth that is just so powerful in, in the pet sitting community, um, because people do love their animals the way they love mm-hmm. a child. And so, yeah. that, you know, that's, that's really, um, you know, once you start getting those referrals, you can really see a big snowball effect um, over time. So that's, that's really Definitely. great. Yeah. It's really nice to have that network just, you know, for business referral, but also for the support. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a fun community to be part of, you know, and there's a lot of different, you know, um, stokes in the fire. So. Mm-hmm. So what do you find that clients are looking for in a pet sitter these days? Yeah. So I think people are looking for someone that's extremely reliable, number one, and that involves having clear communication, getting back to them in an appropriate amount of time. Um, being, you know, sending them multiple updates and they love their pictures too. Um, and seeing that they will, you know, they want to become part of their family as, you know, they don't necessarily ask for that, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they really appreciate it when you're very, when you're personable with them and when like you treat their, and their pets, like they are your own family. Cause right. that's how they, that's, Ultimately, if they could choose who would be watching them, uh, would be their family. But a lot of people in our area aren't from here, um, and they they're looking for that in, in a pet sitter. Sure. Yeah, and also you know the obvious is like some quality professional pet care experience is always sure. a plus. So, do you remember your first client? I do. Uh, Since I've had quite a journey, um, I've had a, I have a couple first clients, if that makes (laughs) sense. Yeah, absolutely. Back when I, um, so back when I was a rover sitter in Ohio, I remember my first overnight stay. Um, I had never done and, you know, stayed at someone else, like a stranger's house before with their pets. I felt well equipped for it. We did the meet and greet and everything. Everything was great. Um, and they allowed my husband to come over with me. Um, I made sure that was okay beforehand. It was kind of a nice, um, it was nice to have him there on the first one, just from like the security and comfort. Yeah. Um, everything was great. They had this little like terrier mix and uh, a lab mix. And we went on walks and we were having a great time. And I woke up like on the second night and the lab had passed away overnight. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, it was, no. um, it was gut wrenching. It was like, Oh my gosh. Like, mm. you know, you go, whenever something like that happens, you go back over your mind. Like, is there anything I could have done? Mm-hmm. Um, and she just, she, they had only had her for around a year, maybe less. They had adopted her from a local rescue. And they, so they didn't know much about her. She was older. Mm. She was at least eight. And for a lab mix, you never know like what their lifespan is going to be. And like, also as a rescue, you don't know their history very much of it, like their medical history, even. Mm. Um, I have a hunch that she had a tumor maybe on her there with larger dogs. They can have, they they can have tumors that like hide on their spleen and liver mm. that go undetected. 
for until they're not okay. And I kind of have a hunch that's what happened. Um, but it was was not a fun experience by any means. I called, you know, once I got myself together, um, <laughs> I called the owner and explained to her exactly what had happened and, you know, that everything was going great. And she knew because we were in communication beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't take it it too hard because they they had just got her they not not that long ago um so they they understood and they I think they were more worried about me than they were worried <laughs> about her yeah um Aww. but yeah so that wasn't the most fun first experience but I learned a lot from it like anything can happen and you mm-hmm. know to also like you know it made me a lot more comfortable like just off the phone and talking with an owner mm-hmm. about something that they that wasn't going to be happy and talking through the tears um sometimes you have to do it yeah and so that wasn't fun but i <laughs> i also had a a very positive first client experience when i moved to black mountain um the first night i actually that i spent the night in in north carolina was at um at a house where they had two, they have two Havanese. Um, their names are Griffin and Rafi and they were going out of town and we had planned for me to stay there with them. Like, um, before I had moved to the area because they were clients of my friends that I joined her business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still like, we're like family now. Um, I actually never did a meet and greet with them at the beginning. They trusted me after like, just, you know, they trusted my friend and, you know, she told them all about me, who I was, what my background was and how long we had known each other. And Mm -hmm. we'd spoke on the phone and they were so welcoming. Um, and so, yeah, we're like family now. I just saw another day. I, uh, I deliver Christmas cookies for the dogs uh, for the, for the holidays. So I just saw them the other day and, you know, we just, you know, automatically just give each other a big hug and everyone's happy. And I watch them for, I stay with them almost a month every year. Wow. I call them my little nephews. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. No. Now yeah. That, yeah. Those both really speak to the very intimate relationship that you become a part of when you take care of somebody's pet. Um, the good news of sharing um, Christmas cookies, holiday cookies, um, yeah. the, the bad news of whenever a client passes away, like you are, you are inserted directly in that as a family member at that point. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's, that's something that I don't think a lot of people expect to be put in that situation very often. Um, right. But but it, those things do happen, and and you just become such an integral part of the care of that animal over time. Yeah. Yes. It's a very personal relationship that I think, you know, the clients really value you if you're um, open to being part of their family. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's very it's a very personal job, and a lot of people don't think of it that way. Um, like when they're looking in from the outside is, Oh, you're a pet sitter. And they don't really think about all the things that come with it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I have a huge family now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, Mary Beth, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I know that um, we just kind of scratched the surface of kind of some of your experiences and, you know, got a lot of great feedback and advice about how to relate to customers and how to um, maintain and, and have good team members on hand. If people have any other questions or want to reach out and follow along with your work, um, how can people do that? Yeah, well, first, thanks so much for having me on. It's been fun talking with you and sharing my experiences. Um, if anyone wants to follow along or reach out, honestly, the, the best way is probably through Instagram. Uh, it's at Antium Pet Care. Um, there's a link in my bio for our website if you want to contact me directly, but you can DM me or follow along, make a little comment on one of our posts. We share a lot of dog photos, but, <laughs> and, you know, some horses in there too. And 
different animals, but um, we're also working toward sharing more of our experience. And a big goal of mine too is to kind of like link that the life at at a veterinary clinic to our clients and educate them more, Mm. Uh, just kind of fill in the gap. So we're going to start introducing some more education on there too, just like little tidbits of uh, drop some knowledge in there (laughs) here and there. So, yeah. Well, that'll be um, so, that'll be very cool to follow along and and learn from you guys then too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So feel free to reach out anytime. We'd be happy to chat. Wonderful. Again, thank you so much, Mary Beth. It's been wonderful talking with you today. Yeah, you too, Colin. I appreciate it. It's so good to hear about all the hard work that Mary Beth is putting into communicating for emergencies and all that she's doing to retain her best employees and how she markets her business. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. We will be back on Friday with an interview with Darcy from Updog LA talking about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected her business and how she's found to be resilient amongst the chaos. We also want to thank our sponsor, Time to Pet, for making this week's show possible. Don't forget to check out our COVID resources on our website at PetsitterConfessional.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, PetsitterConfessional. And please give us a call. We love hearing about your stories and how you are all doing at this moment. Reach out to us at 636-364-8260. We'll talk to you again soon.